Welcome to Lead Limitlessly, a podcast about living, loving, and leading an incredible life without limits. Each week, we will deliver the best engaging content on the secrets to leading a successful and happy life filled of purpose, power, and profits. Now, here's your host, the Limitless Leader herself, Dr. Sarah Renee Langley. Are we, did y'all pick up what she just put down? <laughs> it's, it can be said in so many different ways. Right. So I'm, I'm now sharing this and Danny, when you have a moment, you can go ahead and share it on your platform. So we'll get to it and then we can, you know, tag team in regards to any questions or comments that people have. So, hey, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dr. Sarah Langley and I'm your host with my co-host, Danny Robinson, licensed social worker. Yes, I am. And we are here. Let's tell you the truth. Well, Danny, Danny just lights up. She makes look. She helps me to press through, right? Because I tell you the truth, Danny. To be honest mm. with you, and everyone to be honest, I was a bit tired. Mm. I was a bit tired yeah. today, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. And I was concerned about. I won't use the word concern. I don't want to say it that way. I, I was yeah. going to say it that way because there are many people who are leaders, who are influencers, who has a platform and they feel like they cannot say anything, that they cannot be weak, that they cannot be vulnerable. And I always want to set the example of, no, yes, you can. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, yeah. I know that it's in our minds that people are going to now, they depending on us and therefore we can't be weak. We have to be strong. We got to keep pressing through. No, we don't. You know, right. there's a moment where there are people in your life. I had this, another, uh, revelation it's like the things that we wish we had if we didn't have certain people in our lives or our parents weren't the way that we wanted them to be or our kids are acting the way that they are or we're estranged we're not talking to certain people and things like that i always find it amazing how god still puts exactly what you need in your life right so life is going to play out exactly like it's supposed to and there are people so the reframe just looking at it differently everybody Reframe is that there are people in your life, even if up to to uh, to alleviate you or alleviate, that's the word, uh, to release you, you know, from you mm-hmm. having to 24-7 handle business because people need you. There are people who are actually there if you just kind of look and be like, oh, wow, there are people that, who are in my life to really help me to kind of take a break and to allow you to relax, relate, and release. So right. You get yourself together. It's like, it's a mindset. And and the thing is in regards to how intergenerational trauma happens, it's like, we'll talk more about that, but it kind of just ties into, this is what we've been carrying generation to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation. And it's time for us to release. It's time for us to release it. It's time for us to release it. So this is what the conversation is about. And just to um, be able to tie in everything from what we post all week in regards to asking you the question, what is racism? Um, the moment that you experienced race, racism uh, was when X, and then you know you got to talk about that. Um, I asked today if you had a, what do you think? Do you think this is gonna die down in eight days, 30 days? You know, is it, or is it gonna keep going? Is, is this different now? So right. just asking you these questions as well as asking you how do you feel? You know, like I check in with you in the beginning of the week, midweek, and now towards the end of the week, how are you feeling? 
And for some of you, y'all been doing, you know, like y'all been pacing yourself. You, you know, you went from I'm sad, I'm drained, I'm tired, to now you got to the end of the week. I'm great. I'm awesome. You know, and, and that's great. And for those who are still struggling, those who are still sad, those who are still drained, it's okay as well. Yeah. Have your moment. Have your moment. Have your right. moment. So we're going to help you out today. Mm -hmm. help you to release this trauma that it seems like you're not only carrying for yourself, but it seems like we're carrying our ancestors' trauma. It's like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just different here this, mm -hmm. year, this time around. But right. we, we have each other to actually be able to help each other stand up and to, you know, we have each other to kind of like stay down when we need to, but you're mm -hmm. covered. You're not alone here. So, yes. Danny, please, you, what, what, you usually bring in the news so not sure before you bring in the news didn't know if you had anything that you wanted to add to that and then you can go right into your segment no you know you know what i think that's um a perfect place to lead off from and that it's important for i think for each and every one of us to just check in with one another you know sometimes we get busy and we get caught up you know and what we're doing we're out here you know, fighting the fight, you know, do what you got to do, sharing what you got to do, protesting. I know I was driving through town and um, I believe it's uh, if it's Breonna Taylor's birthday today and I saw a memorial that they were putting on like a, a standing vigil. It was very touching that she, they were putting on in a town for her. Um, you know, it's, it's so much going on with one another. So it's just important, I think, for for everyone, you know, just to and I mentioned this a little bit the other day, just to share like about checking in with one another, are you okay? And then when you're sharing, we don't always have to put on that front, I'm fine. When we know, no, I'm not fine. And if you ask me a few more questions, I might burst out and crying. And it's it's okay to get that release. It's okay to allow yourself just to have that space to feel what you're feeling, to express what you're feeling. Because the more we hold it in, the more that we bottled up, exactly. you know, it, there's, it's not, it has no room to express itself and it's going to, you know, it's going to, be within your body. So it's important for us to check in with one another, really asking each other, how are you? No, how are you really doing? And then checking in and you know, feeling comfortable enough to be like, you know what, I am not okay. Or okay, you know what, I'm doing, I, was, I wasn't okay, but now I am okay. It's okay to, to express how you're doing, but just that we are being accountable to each other and just like, you know, are you really doing okay? Is everything all right? Are you okay? Family okay? Is everything good? And, you know, allowing yourself to have that space. So I think that's really important to just giving each other that that space to to really share how we're really doing because there's so much going on in everybody's plate right now, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So well, thank you for that, Danny. Yeah. You know, I want to say thank you to everybody who is joining. Sharia, definitely. thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate it. L Williams, thank you for um, for joining in and being with us today. She loves my painting. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, L. Yes. yes. <laughs> Everyone who's watching, we really appreciate you. And to check in, to ask you, y'all put in the comment section. And Danny's people, y'all put in the comment section. How yes. are you feeling right How now? Yeah. How are you feeling? Put in the comment section. We want to see the words. One word, describe it. How right. are you feeling right now? Right, exactly. I'm a bit tired. <laughs> I'm just a little bit tired today. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for you to be tired. It's okay to be for, for me. It's okay tired. to be tired. Yes. Yes. Now, how about you, Danny? How are you feeling? 
Um, I was definitely glad it was Friday today. I'll tell you that. I was tired. I woke up tired. And I was somebody was like, really? Do we do we have to go in today? I said, yes, but we got to go in today. But I was like, you know what? Make it through the day. We're just going to, I mean, the day went quickly. So I was happy for that. And then when the end of the day come, I was sitting there. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go. I got things to do. You know, right. trying to wrap up a few things. But, you know, we made it through. The end of the day came. And, you know, we're here. So we're, we're all right. We're all right. And you call this Freedom Friday. Freedom yes. Friday. I used to call this like way back. I think of shout out to my girl Janelle Monet, uh, Moniz in Hawaii. We used to have um, on Fridays years ago. You know, YouTube was still new. We used to play like um, old throwback 90s uh, hip hop videos, you know, back and forth playing like, girl, I bet you don't remember this. And I'm looking up songs and stuff like playing on that. So I don't know. That turned into our freedom friday moment i think then so shout out to janelle, janelle. that was what's up so yes freedom friday freedom friday mm -hmm. well, uh, um i don't know why why i have to call people out um sheree l how y'all feeling out there <laughs> everybody y'all let us know how are you feeling yeah the issue has been there's the opportunity we made it through the week all that's going on since the beginning of this year, at the time of this reporting, you know, from mm -hmm. month to month to month to month to month. And we, again, are here to really help you to know how to release, to have the conversation, releasing this intergenerational trauma that's trapped up in your body, trapped up in your members, your cells, trapped up in your mindset, trapped up in you, mm -hmm. that we are trying to make sure and not just to try, but we are attempting in our expertise and our skill to really help you to know how to release. Mm -hmm. What really moved me to do this today was, again, seeing the post that you all have responded to in regards to racism, in regards to what racism looks like to you, to seeing, you know, the allies, you know, that's been standing with us um, yeah. and, and their fight where they had to excommunicate people or unfriend people forever because values weren't aligning with their own. Mm -hmm. And to then actually having conversations, I think I may have mentioned this, that I have clients that's over in, in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. And just what we see on TV versus them being there is a different ball game. Right. And so I wanted to I summarized a, a conversation that I wanted to share so that we get, a, a, again, a, a perspective as to what's going on and how trauma continues to have us to continue carrying it from the next generation to the next generation. But I, I'm hopeful that it's different this time. I asked that today. I said, is it going to die down? Or are we going to continue to ride this wave or ride it till the wheels fall off or shoot, keep riding even when the wheels are falling off? Are we right. going to continue with this conversation until it turns into action, until it mm -hmm. turns into results, solutions, that now racism is over? Right. So in talking to one of my clients out there, you know, their concern was they didn't know how to really express what was going on. They've just been nonstop helping yeah. the community mm. because the community is hurting. As a matter of fact, they shared things about how 
their children are afraid to go outside the house or their children are afraid to be in the house because they're afraid that it's going to get burned down. Mm. They see white supremacists driving around their area every day now. Wow. They hear gunfire. They hear gunfire all the time. They live near hospitals, so they're hearing the sirens every single day. They hear the helicopters every single day, and they're reliving this trauma. Let me see. They also shared they're upset that they're now feeling like they're walking in fear because the things they used to do to try to have an outlet, they feel like they cannot do it now. Right. So now it's like compounded trauma. It's like it's just sitting within them. Because how do they have an outlet like they used to when they're right, right in that right now mm -hmm. over in Minneapolis? Right. One thing that was beautiful uh, out of this, and I've seen this actually in different locations throughout the day. Uh, Danny, you can tell me if you've seen this. So they went to the people, um, my client and uh, many of them have went to, I guess, near the location or somewhere in Minneapolis where they had... Uh, was it at a church? I forget where they were, but they said that they took a moment of silence and they kneeled for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Yeah. And one of my friends had posted, or they sent me the pictures over in Philly where they were at the art museum and people mm -hmm. had laid down. Wow. Or they kneeled down for yeah. like eight minutes and 36 seconds there. Yeah. And wow, it was just. That was the release for my client though. Yeah. Because my client kept everything in for the past couple of weeks. They would just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop trying to take care of everybody else. Mm. And to now have that moment to kneel down and then to picture what would, what, or what my client did, they, they laid down because they wanted to be in that moment of George Floyd. Yeah. What was that like for eight minutes to be down there and not be able to move or do anything? Mm -hmm. and my client was, had a big release they yeah. went away somewhere and they just bawled their eyes out because they oh, needed man. that release Yeah, that was the thing that opened up right wow the deep thing about that and then we can have conversation about this was <laughs> outside of the fact that my client is multiracial so they're really upset with their other side of their family because their family is white, uh, that side of them. And to not hear any or get any support mm. or to act as if what they're going through doesn't exist or that their children that they're concerned with have to deal and face with this. Mm. And don't feel supported. Right. And the last thing we talked about was they're angry, but they're concerned if this is going to go away or is it going to die down? Is it because to them, they're like, well, all this is happening and it seems like things are supposed to change, but what's going to really happen after this? Because right now to them, it looks exactly the same as other times and times past. Yeah. 
So if it all, if this looked exactly the same in times past, why are we going through this again? Is, is it going to just be another Band-Aid? Right. They're having a hard time believing that it's going to change. And they're just super angry about it. Angry right. and angry Because they're like, everything seems to be cool or, you know, we're trying to get through. Mm. But with the trauma that they're experiencing, what's going on right there, right now in Minneapolis still. And they're like, we've seen this before. So is it going to change? Right. So I'll open right. this up in conversation. Danny, what's your thoughts? Everybody, y'all can put it in the comment section as well. What do y'all think about my client mm. that just I shared what they're going through over in Minneapolis? Yeah. Um, it's a ball game over there and what we're seeing still on exactly. TV and, and everything else, but what y'all thoughts are. Y'all can share it. So Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, trauma, trauma can come in so many different forms. Com trauma can come directly through du direct contact. Trauma can come indirectly through just experiencing, visually seeing, um, uh, hearing a story from somebody else, watching something via video. Trauma can come in so many various forms. And then to be bombarded with trauma on a daily basis is, is so hard. You know, I often think of, you know, our folks, when we are bombarded, we are so bombarded with trauma so often that we tend to normalize it yes. in our day to day. We tend to normalize police brutality. We tend to normalize how we're treated as inhuman and it, it becomes a normal and almost expected type of behavior. So, you know, just to see, you know, our, when children are being just impacted like that, and I want to say impacted, I'm thinking, you know, some people like can think, I'm not going to say people are going to justify, but you know, what we're experiencing right now is definitely trauma. It's definitely trauma to be exposed to this type of behavior, this type of assault all the time on a daily basis. You're talking about, I remember once in my area, there was a helicopter. Everybody's like, wait, what's going on? What's going on? Can you imagine like that every night after night after night? Right. You know, you hear shouting, you hear screaming, you hear um, uh, shooting. Like it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And how the children take that and internalize that is very difficult um, to process. But one th important thing about, about, you know, trauma, sometimes that the issue with trauma is that sometimes it can't escape, especially for children. They're not sure necessarily how to process that. You know, so it takes really that talk therapy, trying to bring it out from one part of the brain where it doesn't necessarily process. So it's continually bouncing around and flashbacks and recall and then trying to talk it out. So it's processed to the other side of the brain. But that's it's it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. I, you know, and the, this makes me also think about like the indirect trauma or the um, what do we call those? Um, it's when it's it's subtle, but it's continuous when we're talking about the. Um, Microaggressions, mm -hmm. those can, those are also trauma because I'm thinking about when they also do, you know, when we've looked at in the past in the doll test and, you know, when it was asked, I don't know if anybody remembers, kind of a similar study was broadcasted on TV and I think Oprah had uh, publicized it. Matter of fact, where is Oprah? Thank you. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Anyway, <laughs> the doll test. <laughs> you know, the... The adults and talking about kids, you know, they, they took, you know, a lot of young children, actually one from uh, an, uh, a school that my actually my brothers and I actually went to. Um, one of the kids was actually wearing a shirt that was actually the logo of our school. I didn't even know they did this test there. 
And, um, you know, they asked them, you know, they asked black children, I think some white children too, they asked them which one was the pretty doll. And they had a white child in front of them and a black child in front of them. They said, which is the pretty doll? Which is the good doll? Which is the bad doll? And for all the good and the pretty, they chose the white doll. And then all the bad, they chose the, the black doll. And then they asked them, you know, why is that the good doll? It's like, because she's white. Think about that. Like as children, they've already picked up from indirect, whether it's from the TV, whether it's from socialization, whether it's from school, you know, they've already picked up the innuendos that we put out that this is, this is what it is. And they see themselves, you know, as the black doll. So that trauma is, is very important to, to address what's happening on a daily basis, both direct and indirect. Um, and what you're just talking about the silence, um, I didn't get to watch the whole funeral service um, for um, George Floyd, but I did hear uh, my girlfriend, shout out to Stacey Dawkins. She, um, she posted about, or she shared with me that, you know, they took in the funeral, they took um, a nine minute silence because that's how long they were on his neck. And she said she cried like a baby. Like that was just such a trying to get through nine minutes and imagine somebody suffocating, asphyxiation for that long period of time is, is traumatizing to even think about. And um, I love how uh, somebody interviewed um, Jane Elliott, who's done the um, eye color test and talked about that, talked about, you know, it's that lack of empathy, that's inhuman wow. to have for another hum person, that's inhuman. So it's important that we talk about this trauma because even if we're experiencing it directly, indirectly, you know, we're talking about it, it's traumatizing to think that somebody could lack that much empathy for another human life. That's trauma. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I tell you the truth, it is so interesting, the lack of empathy. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about that. And another example of another client that I have, who's a young white guy and how we had this dialogue to help him to have the empathy yeah. that's necessary for him to at least acknowledge and validate what people of color are going through. Yeah. So just wanna say, hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is Dr. Hi, Sarah guys. with Danny Robinson. And just want to say thank you for my coach, Tawana. Thank you for tuning in, coach. Really appreciate you tuning in today. Hey, Dr. Kyla Cook from Jersey as well. I wish I could. Hey, Jersey girl. What's up, girl? <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Hey, Narissa, how are you doing? Thank you for tuning, tuning in as well. Thank you, everybody. We're hoping that this you find this of value. We're talking about, well, I titled it, Can Black People Be Racist? And then I said, you know, being able to address and release interracial, intergenerational trauma. And we had talked about how um, Danny just well had, um, you know, talked about what trauma looks like, what the experiences are, uh, what is it like for us, and how it can absolutely have us to carry on and just be so heavy, you know, yeah. with the fact of what we're experiencing, the triggers that's going on. So like for my client's case, having to hear sirens to having to hear um, the helicopters to having to hear gunshots to uh, the concern every night of having to stay up and watch their home because of the fact that they're concerned that someone's gonna come and try to burn it. 
one thing that's going on too are the bombs, these homemade bombs. So their spouse had to go out and try to locate the bombs that are placed around in different areas of the oh, area. Wow. Yeah. homemade bombs. It, it's like, where do they get a break, right? Mm, so it's just yeah. constant <laughs> trauma that they're mm -hmm. experiencing at this point. You know, mm -hmm. not even having a chance to really just breathe and grieve to even yeah. know how they feel. I asked, I asked Klein, I said, well, um, tell me what happened or tell me where you were or what that was like on the day that George Floyd had died. And they said, you know, that's a great question. I can't even answer that. I never had a chance to stop and process everything. Yeah. So if they're over there and not able to, uh, you know, like process yeah. or knowledge and to grieve how they feel, how about you all? You yeah. know, this opportunity to really check in. We provided that this week for the past couple of weeks, um, just helping you to identify how you're really feeling. It's okay to not be okay. And while we, yes, we're looking for solutions, we even stated that, you know, what type of solutions we're looking for. I post that today. Do you think it's going to die down or is it going to continue on? If so, if it's going to die down, what can we do to keep this going? And if it's going to con continue, if you find that this is going to continue, then what do we need to do to make sure it continues? Right. So, but first and foremost, you've got to take care of home. Home starts with you. Yes. You have to make sure that you rest, relax, relate, release. Even if you feel like, okay, I'm restless. I, I really want to do something. I don't mm. feel like I'm doing enough. Mm -hmm. Look, let's get centered. Mm. Let's get centered. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're okay first. You know what? Don't just say that you're okay. And we can tell that you're not okay based on the posts and things that you're sharing and how you're, you know, saying, forget the police and everybody else. And I'm tired of all this and I'm ready to do something. All right. right. That, that's a sign for us. Like, okay, you know what? You're not okay. Just mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you need to relax because there is a difference. There yeah. is a difference. So I'm going to, I'm not going to recant that, but I want to preface because sometimes like, <laughs> like I said, I was on a couple of programs um, and presentations where I said, you know what? I'm not interested any further of having to explain how I really feel or have to pepper it or have to, you know, tone it down because it is making people uncomfortable because of how I am. You're interpreting yeah. it as one way, but it's really me being passionate. Why are you stuck on the fact that I'm raising my voice or my tonality or, you know, my hand gestures and all that. Now it's like, oh, you don't know what I'm going to do. Come on with that. We're not doing that. Yes. So it yes. is who it is, what it is, is who we are, is where it, we are passionate. We are right. expressive and that's just yeah. what it is. So mm -hmm. depending, you use your discernment, the difference between when you are in, unable to manage your emotions and feelings, when it seems like it's taking the, it's getting the best of you and it's ahead of you versus yeah. you're being compassionate, you're being expressive and it just is. So there's a difference. But if we're watching your posts, <laughs> because I know I do, I read mm -hmm. every single line see what's going on where the theme is i do uh, that is me i do i am so thorough you thorough I, thank you i i know I, I own my stuff i am nosy but I, <laughs> so <laughs> that's the example we got to be you know we got to be a set the example and, and talk about you know taking ownership right because yes. everything that we say and do is supposed to be setting an example for people to follow right. so all that to say please Make sure that you're okay first. Check in with yourself. 
You mm. follow the routine that we share with you all week. Yeah. How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Is this mm -hmm. my moment to lament? Is this my moment to grieve? Is this my moment to be happy? What moment am I in? And what is going on? How, how am I processing this? Like, what does this mean to me? Mm -hmm. One person, Danny, everybody, um, there's one person that had posted on my, my post today. They were like, you know, I'm tired of, they um, asked them how they felt. And people were like, they're great, they're awesome. But then this one person was like, you know what, um, I'm pissed. Mm. And so anybody that said they were pissed or they were drained or whatever, I shared a little bit on what they could do to help release that. And so right. they just said, you know what, I'm just tired of pretending to be sad. Mm. I said, well, guess what? You don't have to be sad. No. I said, just because the collective is sad. Yeah, you doesn't, doesn't have to mean be your it has to be sad. Right, Danny? Right, yeah. y'all? Yes, no, exactly, exactly. I just want to touch back back on that point that you just made, just really emphasize that and drive that home of taking care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. Just like it says on the airplane, you have to put the mask on yourself before you address the mask on your, anyone else. Just like if you are a parent, you know, you have to take care of yourself. If you are down and you are sick, that just makes taking care of the child that much more laborsome. If you are a caregiver, and you are down and something happens to you because you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of the other person. It is while sometimes mentally we forget that and we think, well, no, if we just give all that we will just receive. No, you have self-care is yes. so important. You have to check in with yourself. You have like, that's a non-negotiable. And on top of that, I usually tell my clients, you have to do self-care daily. That's because some people was like, okay, that's your self-care day. No, Monday through Sunday, every day, you need that time to check in with yourself because you can't neglect yourself and hopefully think that you're going to catch up way over here. You got to get to over there. Your body and everything might shut down. Self-care is number one. And I, don't, don't get us wrong because those of us helping out others, we get the same way. It gets hard for us too. So I'm talking to you. I'm, I, one guy <laughs> puts it this way. He's like, I'm telling you, but I'm talking to me. You know, so it's, it's me the same way, learning to put myself first. I'm like, no, I need that time. I need that boundary. So make sure that you are doing self-care. Absolutely. Non-negotiable. Every day. Every yeah. day. I'm not saying like 24 hours a day, but every day. Have that self-care. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. I am going to listen to your advice. So it's I'm going to take care of my self-care. This is what I did. So everybody follow suit. So we were supposed to tune in at the time that we have this recording set and I said you know what I've been in this office slash bedroom all week past couple weeks um counseling and you know and I, I'm, I'm being passionate mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy what I do I love what I do and uh yeah I got I'm just kind of tired of my room I'm tired of my office I'm tired yeah. of this office and I didn't know it, but here's the thing I didn't know I was tired of my office mm. isn't that interesting all mm -hmm. I knew was sleep wake up, do my ritual and come right to my office. As you know, I right. do roll over, walk one, like a couple of feet or a couple hours mm -hmm. and then just sit in my office here and yeah. up, you know, turn on my computer and here all day, right. All day, you know, like being in the morning to share tips on how to help you to have your day, then right. counseling all day. And then, and then what, then like have a moment to pray and then, uh, get ready for 
you all, right? And I said, you know what? And I eat in between wherever I get to eat, use the bathroom wherever I get to use the bathroom, drink water throughout the day. But my family was, they were missing me. You know, my Mm -hmm. family was missing me. Yeah. I'm like, well, you have to understand, I'm called to the people. You know, this is my calling. And while it is, you know, I, I have every justification to say, look, right. you, know, you all know what y'all getting into. Daddy, you know how I am. You I know. You, 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 I you, know. You know me. You know I my know. parents. I'm like, look, y'all know me. So <laughs> look, y'all just kind of, y'all gonna have, it's almost like I was telling them to take a back seat. Yeah. And then as the time went on today, I said, you know, I had a moment to break away. Mm. And to sit down and eat with my family, mm. eat with my yeah. family. I said, "Look, I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all. Yeah, I belong to y'all. Great, that's fine. But y'all going to give me a, a, no extra five minutes <laughs> so yeah. I can time to be with my family and to yeah. hear him play the guitar, singing mm. his heart out. Because many of you don't know my story with my dad. Y'all followed it. So just for him to be here and to play his guitar and to mm. sing his heart out." You know, it was just awesome just to sit yeah. in that presence and then yeah. to sit with my friend and get the chance to eat and just enjoy at least 10, 15 minutes just to mm. not be in my office. Right. So it was like, oh, I was like, I'm actually sitting in my kitchen. Well, wow, mm. I'm sitting in my dining room. Wow. And I say that to say, sometimes we got to physically move Separate. out of a location, right? Yes. It makes a world of difference. You don't have to be in the same spot every day. Sometimes you're going to have to, you know, manipulate your room, manipulate the flowers, manipulate the the pillows, like just change up a little bit. That's another actual easy tip in terms of being able to help shift your mindset or to regroup and recenter. Don't, you don't have to stay in the same place at the same time all the time. And I didn't even realize that until I had a moment to decide to do that. Mm -hmm. So now it just helps me to kind of refresh, regroup and just be here even the more you know, because of that small, subtle change in my mindset by not just being in here all day, every day for the past X amount of however long. Mm-hmm. So y'all, y'all, I would love to hear y'all thoughts until we now go into the real conversation or everything was that we were saying, of course, was real, but mm-hmm. go into what we are presenting with you this evening. But right. you are not a machine. I'm not a machine. You are not a machine. I'm not a machine. <laughs> You know, I what I thought. No, <laughs> you gotta fool me. <laughs> hey, y'all! Thank you for tuning in, Sharad. Hey, Darren! Thank you for tuning in. Hey, Stella from oh, Hawaii. Hope you and your husband are well. Hey, Monique, how you doing? <laughs> Jacoby told me to quit fussing. You talking to me? <laughs> he said quit fussing. Jay, hey Jay, hey Tanisha. Thank you for tuning in. Jacoby said family first. Those are mm-hmm. the. That those are the things that centers us. All right, Jacoby, don't have us bring you on here and teach us and school us. <laughs> okay. All right. And shout out to Aisha Jacobs, Cuzzo, sharing on the timeline. Appreciate it, sis. So thank you, everybody. You're absolutely right, Jacoby. Family is first. Yeah. Just as much as we are first. Right. Before anything, we are first. Mm-hmm. Our father is first. We are first. Family. And then whatever else we have to do. Right. So that is the decency and an order. But you make sure that you get yourself in order first. And not just solely so you can be there for everybody else, but just because it's just the right thing to do by yourself for yourself. Yes. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button 
right now. The podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Real quick, just to say, so the client that I had, um, 20, um, 20 year old young white man, and he was just sharing about what this has been like. This has really been agitating him, really anxious about what's going on and what's going on in, in the country. And he's not in a position to go out there and protest and trying to help him to release and unleash the tension, the anxiety that he's been having. So we got into the conversation about if he, I don't know how we, I can't remember how we got into the conversation, but he has a couple of black friends. And this was a pivotal moment because today I had a conversation with a, um, a white, a Caucasian American, a white woman and asking about racism. I said, your first, you know, tell me your first experience with racism was when? And so the majority of people have been sharing have been black. Um, and then there have been a couple of white people who shared about racism, you know, their racial, um, their experience with racism. And so my clients have been asking me, how am I doing? How can they be an ally? The, my, my white clients. And so this one was, he was trying to understand like, what are we going through? What we are experiencing? So long short of the conversation, he talked about his friend. I asked, you, I asked him, well, how, how is it going for your black friends? He's like, I love them. They're great. You know, they're amazing. I have two close black friends and you know, I love them to pieces. Um, there was a situation where he, he's so political. He's so like an activist, he's young. And he gets like all these threats all the time on social media. Mm. And so one day he shared about how um, he said something, you know, um, anti-police. And all of a sudden he gets a call or, or this white woman had threatened him on, so well, not threatened, but they said something to him on social media. Then all of a sudden he said the FBI had uh, called him or came to his place of, of work mm -hmm. about this anti-police stuff that he had said on social media. Mm -hmm. And so his friend, so my client was like, he didn't know if his friend was telling the truth. He's like, come on, that can't be, you know, like, come on, it's, it's okay, dude. I don't know if he's telling the truth or not. And this was the moment to now have that teachable moment. Although I will say having, being in these therapy groups where we're like, you know what? We need to process our own trauma <laughs> and we're therapists, <laughs> right? We're, right? We're therapists. We're like, we need our, we have to process our own trauma and yes. it's a bit more tiresome. And my client in Minnesota has said the same thing. It's a bit tiresome to be on the front lines and then still have to make time to explain or to help them to see and understand. Initially, I was like, you know what? I'm cool. I can do it. But now I'm looking at it from that, that space and that place. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's not on us to have to end racism. We didn't create it. So for us to now have to, because there's many people who seem like they just never knew that racism existed. Um, it's like, now we have to explain. And even if the possibility of having to explain, they may still not even get it because they're not in our space. So with this client, it was an amazing conversation because I had to help my client understand that even if you believe that it was true or, or not, the thing is, is that that is a possible experience that he's had, he, that, that he has or have had, because as opposed to you, you looking at, looking at it from your space, because he was able to use an example, which I used back on him, 
pitch for the same friend, have his stepdad. His step stepdad wasn't getting along with the guy. And so his friend stayed with my client. My client asked him, you know, well, what does he want to do? His, his black friend. And so my client, my white client, told his black his black friend, like, you know what? If you if your dad is being, you know, mean and, and physical with you, then call the cops. Want him, bring the authorities in. And so my uh, his friend was like, no, I don't want my dad to die. I don't want nothing to happen to him. And so my white client was like, well, why would you, you know, he said it to himself, like, well, why would he think that? Like, like what? Like, why would you concern yourself? And so my client was like, you know, and that's when I realized that I was misinformed, that mm -hmm. my experience isn't his experience. No. And I was I was, I didn't want him to feel like I was belittling his experience or anything, but I just did not understand. I will never understand black experience. So Dr. Langley, let me know, was I belittling, belittling him? Was I, was I wrong to, you know, to not believe him about the FBI? Like, please tell me, I respect your decision. Please tell me what, just tell me, just be straight up. I said, yeah, you could. I said, it's just that you don't understand the black experience, like you said. And the, the problem is, is that for you, it may not be as far as someone calling the FBI on you because you said something that was uh, against the police. Right. But because of the fact that it is an experience, that it does happen, reported and unreported, that is that experience. That is his experience. That is people of color experience. Right. So next time, what you can do is empathize. Right. Empathize. Acknowledge right. and validate how he feels. You were mm -hmm. trying to make him not feel bad by saying, mm -hmm. come on, man, you know, I can't believe that. But rather just say, you know what, man, I, 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 I empathize with you. You know, how you feel is how you feel. You're valid with how you feel. You know, you're worried, you're concerned. You know, so I get it, man. I'm here. I'm here for you. Right. I, that's the best thing you can do ever. And I just felt that that was like a breakthrough. You know, right. like, I felt that he was, he was open to that conversation. And he's yeah. young. Yeah, yeah. Here too, if y'all go to my post about the racism and the, the conversation I'm having with some Caucasian Americans um, about it, it's like not so much. It's like it doesn't seem like they're open to it. My client mm -hmm. was open. He said, you know, I'm open to this conversation because I'm looking at it from my space and I wasn't looking at it from everyone else's. I didn't have to. Yeah. I didn't have to understand from your space. Right. So now I'm open and understanding that I shouldn't make it a more of a big deal about the burn the the burning buildings or the rioting. I, I should make it more about the lives that's being lost mm -hmm. or the lives that were lost that really resulted in what's going on. Like he right. was just so open, and I just thought that was just amazing. And I, and and so if 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 to be able to help one person in that fashion right to see the light and to understand about the empathy I, I, I that feel that made me feel like you know that there is progress and that instead of looking at it from like oh we got a long way to go someone now understands and now it helps him with his black friends to yeah. now be an ally to his friends so right I, I don't know what's your thoughts Danny what's your thoughts about that everybody you know, I think that's that's so true, and that you know, having that having that conversation to to verbalize how to empathize for somebody else that you don't understand their experience, or because because you've never experienced it, 
Right. So sometimes we think like, how can y'all not know? But you could, I mean, because they haven't experienced it unless they possibly have experienced it with us. And then like confused about what happened. Speaking of that, there was once uh, there's an episode of uh, on Netflix, um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with uh, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. And my favorite one is him and Dave Chappelle. And, you know, the show is about, you know, really nice cars he gets and that like they pick up somewhere in their neighborhood and go have coffee. So I don't know exactly what state they were in when he got uh, probably in Ohio, maybe with Dave Chappelle. And um, so they were in the car. And at one part in this episode on camera, they get pulled over. The only episode I've seen Jerry Seinfeld, maybe it's happened before because I don't know, he might have a heavy foot. The only episode I saw him get pulled over. And Dave Chappelle starts having a fit. He's like, yo, man, you better slow down. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny because that's the experience. Like most white people don't understand. Like a lot of us get anxiety. Police get behind us. We get concerned because we understand there is possible imminent threat. Right. So he's like, yo, but brother, you better act cool. Like he's right. trying to explain to him. And Jerry Seinfeld's like, bro, what are you talking about? We're going to be fine. He's like, no, we're not. <laughs> oh, wow. So they had this moment, but Jerry couldn't process that what the fear and the anxiety that Dave Chappelle was having. And he was trying to explain, it's like, no, this is what we experience on a daily basis. This is the problem. Getting pulled over is not an easy incident. I think um, him or Dave, I'm sorry, uh, Chris Rock explained, I'm famous from five feet. I'm not famous from 10 feet, okay? Shots can get happen from there, okay? I'm famous from up here, but not from way back there. So I'm still in danger until they get right up here on me and be like, oh, bro, I love you. They don't love me from back there. So to see that interaction, you know, sometimes we expect because we've told our story, because you've seen the reports, because there's been so many incident incidences where it's just like, this is happening, but it still doesn't register. So the fact that you gave him the tools about how to understand how to process, even if he doesn't understand directly, but to hear somebody else's story and how to help them process it and be like, this is your experience. I haven't experienced it, but this is your experience and how to validate that is exactly. monumental because yeah. that's going to help him in his relationships, but also to help, hopefully he takes that off to other people that he knows and talking about race and talking about how they experience that and how you can help support them with it. Absolutely. So that's monumental, monumental. That is awesome. And so thank you for sharing, Danny. Um, I mean, I, you know, I make it do what I do, you know, you got to check my resume sometimes. Okay. All right. Check that bio. <laughs> but this is what we do. And the point is, is that look at what y'all are doing as well. It is not about comparing what the next person is doing. Look at what you are doing and right. making a difference. You know, by being on here, by sharing this out on the platforms that you are on, because you never know who's watching, who is following you. Right. So you make sure that you share this out because sharing is not only just caring, but you just might, in fact, save a life in the process. You may right. be able to convert <laughs> folks, you know? Right. You may be able to now get people to see the light. By which, I want to ask real quick, can Black folks be racist? That was quiet. Jacoby nah. said no Blacks cannot be racist. Say nope. more, Jacoby. Let's see. Nope. All right, he said no Blacks cannot be racist. 
they can be bigoted. So black folks can be bigot. Is that what you're saying, Jacoby? I was in uh, I was in race relations class in college, years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember my professor, black woman, still it's like half white, half black in the room. She said, "Can um, what you know? I want to pose a question out there. Can blacks be racist?" We just sat there to listen what she thought, right? Because we were thinking like, you know, for the most part, we all thought that yes, you know, blacks can be racist. She said, no, black cannot be racist. And we all got quiet, white folks, black folks, we all got quiet. And it stuck with me though, for so many years, I was talking to my friend L where, you know, I asked a question, I posed it. I said, what is racism? And got so many different, not so much different answers, but if you were to kind of theme it, it was maybe like three top answers that were similar right. about racism. And it seemed like there were times where it went into maybe it was prejudice or discrimination, you know, like if, if racism is a, class, it's a class or, you know, how, what's the, def, what's the, um, defi uh, the defining moment or the, the factor, I can't even think of mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for. Pivotal? Um, we'll go with that. Like, which one, what makes it different from anything else? Like, what makes it that Blacks cannot be racist compared mm -hmm. to whites being racist? And in looking it up, <laughs> I said, you know what, let me just go ahead and look it up and see what the Webster Merriam Dictionary has to say. And pretty much it was, I actually didn't look up in the dictionary. I found an article that talked about it. The difference between Blacks and whites in terms of racism was about the power behind it or the structure set up. Yes. The structure that's set up, set up. So for a black person to be racist, how can they, when the structure is not set up for them to be versus for whites where the structure is set up for them to have white privilege, to not even need to know about any other race or culture it's, it's their choice if they want to mm -hmm. and how what supports that in regards to they can for the sake of the point can get away with certain things than other people other races cannot while all those all of us any other race certainly don't seem to have ability to get away with things or on top of it we can follow the rules follow the laws and still something happens to us. Right. It, it, the, the, role, the rules and the structure is set up against us. It's not for us. So that said, that was the differentiator, if, that, if that's the word I'm looking for, between yep. the Blacks and whites. Can Blacks be racist? And from what my professor has said, it's pretty much that. Like, no, Blacks cannot be racist. Mm -hmm. We can be prejudiced, we can, you know, exactly. discriminate, but exactly. racist? No. Yeah. What's your thoughts, Danny? What's your thoughts about that? Yeah. No, no, that's actually 100% facts. We actually uh, talked about that just briefly the other night and going over, like, just what the, what is racism, the definition, and then what is, what is prejudice, the definition, and exactly that. They are systems and power that are in place 
that one person, the power of struggle is that one group, racial group can suppress the power of another. So blacks are not within power to suppress whites. Only whites are empowered that can suppress every other group of color. So no, we cannot be racist. We have, um, what was uh, one um, article or the one book that I had recently looked at, it was like the color of law, a forgotten history of how our government segregated America policies particularly put in place for how to separate the groups in power, how to minimize and distribute and destroy power structures that are trying to build. So no, black and people of color cannot be racist, not at all. Okay, so there y'all have it. Blacks cannot be racist. As a matter of fact, Jacoby had said, most people misuse racism. Yes. And that racism is about power, not preference. Thank you. <laughs> so white people, black people cannot be racist. And I had a colleague, um, so she was on my post today. Uh, shout out to you, uh, Deb, in regards to her experience of, of um, her, race, her racial experience um, being white, where she had shared about, she had, she was young, she was like five and 15, where she was dating or liking these two black boys um, when she was five little black, black boy gave her a ring. Maybe it was her um, the son or the boy's mom's ring, not sure. But she had experienced the mom scolding her black son yeah. for giving the ring to this little white girl. Yeah. And then at 15, she shared about how she was, um, I think she was dating a black guy. And the black mother had called her a, a white, devil whore and she didn't know come out that um she didn't understand like what that meant but she felt that that was a racial experience that she had so mm -hmm. i asked her just like i asked um those who came on the post who were white i asked the question i said look i'm just asking just to ask this is not to put you you know to uh put you on blast or to set you up as if like you know i'm being racist to you um, yeah. i'm asking the question what is racism to you and one thing Deb said that was really good was, is when a, a race uh, hates one another based on their internal narrative or internal conversations that they're having about it, that mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I said, that's good. Let's talk about that. So the issue is, we don't even know the context about why. First of all, for mom calling you a white um, devil whore was wrong. Yeah. How you feel is how you feel about that. You know, that's, that was wrong. Yeah. Um, now let's go into the conversation. Right. Because, you know, I had it first because I, she wouldn't have hurt me if I was like, okay, you know, if I dismissed her experience. Yes. Exactly. So acknowledge and validate her experience. Better drop that mic. <laughs> that mic right there. This is pause. Everybody pick up what we just said. <laughs> Lord, why she took uh, why she takes a drink, uh, drink of water, right? On my behalf. Mm -hmm. So I had to first validate, acknowledge her experience to then for her to hear me. Right. To empathize with her. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, well, long short of the conversation, because I, I gave her like a whole dissertation. That's just what I do. But I was like, the point is, is that it's not, we don't know the context of what those two mothers were thinking. Because here's the thing, this is what's different. Those moms may have been reacting because the first thought was probably like Emmett Till. Mm. We all remember that. Yes. We all remember that. Yeah. He supposedly whistled and we find out 50, 60, 70 years later that he didn't. But he's not here. He was only 14. He's not here. Mm -hmm. Because he supposedly whistled at a white woman. Right. And even if he lied, lied. Who lied. Right. Now, you know, towards her, I don't know if she's dying, whatever, I can't remember, but you know, she's. Mm -hmm. So I don't, we don't know where the reaction was that, or the reaction is, okay, look, who knows what those mothers were thinking? They're like, okay, I just don't want this, anything to happen to my son. And that was their choice as mothers concerning their, their young children, their young sons. Albeit right or wrong, we have to understand the context. And so does that now make them racist because of the fact that they called you a name or they, they scolded their son for giving you a ring. As opposed to reading all the other different experiences where there was one uh, gentleman who said that he was in the, was he in the Air Force or he was over in Germany? And he was, um, he said that there was a military, uh, he called a military brat. Um, but the white uh, kids somehow tied a noose around his neck. Mm had him on a stool and left him there. And thank God his sister found him. Wow. He took the news off of his neck while the people were coming back to you know finish him. Those experiences, that part. And there's countless others who are sharing their story. Primarily, okay. many of them talk about how they've been called a nigger, whether they were at a mummer's parade or somebody was driving by and they called him a nigger. And what was interesting, everybody, is the fact that this all happened when they were young. Yeah. Jesus. Chronologically, we are the age that we are in, that we are right now. Mm -hmm. But when we have a traumatic experience, when we have a violation that has happened to us, we're still back at that age. Yeah. So there are many people Many of you who are listening to this, who's going to watch the replay, who have shared their experience, who are still six years old, yeah. who are still five years old, who is 17 years old, yeah. as opposed to the age that you are now because of that violation, because you knew that something was wrong. And then the thing is that you never really said anything. This is your first time sharing it on social media when I asked you the question. Mm -hmm. And why did I ask you the question? Because it's time for your release. Yes. It's time for you to be released from this situation. It's time for the trauma to be released from your life. Right. There's too much going on in this world, in this country, where you'd be continually having added on compounded trauma. We're already carrying the trauma and the and the atrocities of our ancestors. We're already carrying it. And now this year alone, this is putting too much. <laughs> so right. something has to give. Yeah. So here's your release today. Yeah. This is your release right here. And right now, it's time to decide. The big operative word is to decide. We, you already took the step and sharing it. For, for all you who shared it, I, we commend you. Yeah. We're proud of you yes. that you took the step to be honest 
to be open, to be vulnerable, to right. let it go. Talking about it releases it. Writing it out when you typed it releases it. You made the decision that you are not going to be held by that situation anymore for anyone to ever disrespect you or belittle you or discount you or invalidate you. No more of that nonsense. This is your time right here and right now to let go of that trauma by deciding. And because many of you have taken that step by writing it out, being open about it for your first time in 40, 50 years, congratulations to you. It is time for your release from this intergenerational trauma, from this racism, from anything that you have experienced that you knew was not right. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. It wasn't your fault. And two, because you didn't say anything, it's okay. Maybe it wasn't okay because you didn't realize that, wow, why is it that I, I don't know why I feel the way I feel about white people. I just can't put my finger on it. I don't know why. Well, that's part of it because now it became part of you by not saying anything about it. But until now, you're yeah. letting it go. You're letting it go and you're letting it go to now create a new narrative for you. You're letting it go so that now it opens the door for a new narrative for you. So I'm gonna give you some, I'm gonna give you a homework assignment. I'm notorious for that. Before I do, Danny, everybody, any questions, comments, y'all can go ahead and just share. What's y'all thoughts about that? Goodness, that was, honey, that was a word. That was a word, you was, you was in it. That was a word so much because you're right. So many people don't realize that they get caught up in that moment where the trauma actually takes place. And that, like we talked about, it doesn't release until you actually take a moment to actually release. So again, this is a safe space for you to have that moment to release that and to so you release so you can move forward. Because I mean, think about how many of us have gone through those moments and have never addressed it, never spoke on it, never released it and, and continuing to experience where you recall it and you're having this moment, it's like, I've never actually talked about that. You are in that space and it's it's time. It's time to let go. It's time to get free. Amen. Freedom Friday. Freedom Friday. This is yes. your time. You know, yes. Danny set it off by talking about this is Freedom Friday at the time of this mm -hmm. recording. So it is your freedom day. It's yeah. time for you to be released. Another word that I have for you, because I'm just flowing. Some of y'all yeah. know how I flow. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that we've been trained and conditioned and programmed to think that we're supposed to carry it. Yeah. Jesus. We act like we're supposed to carry, and I say this respectfully to our ancestors, as if we're supposed to carry this pain from generation to generation to generation to generation. No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't have to. Just like, it, 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 it's never a wonder. I want to give a shout out to you, Juliet, for obeying the Lord's voice. Because when she said, you know what? I don't want to pretend like I'm sad. And I was like, you're right. You don't have to feel sad. It's because if you're not sad, then everybody else is. Same point. Yeah. You don't have to carry the trauma, everybody. You don't have to. It doesn't mean that you're dishonoring. It's not dishonoring our ancestors. If you choose and decide to not carry the trauma, if anything, you do a benefit to our ancestors by releasing them as well. Release them too. It's time for us to be healed. It is time for us to be healed. We don't have to be known as a race where we're downtrodden or we're victimized or, you know, woe is us. No, 
No, you don't have to. You do not have to feel sad. You don't have to pretend as if you're sad. If you're happy, be happy. It's okay. But we do not have to carry this intergenerational trauma anymore. That's not us dishonoring our ancestors. They didn't even die and go through the hell that they went through for us to continue to be this way. Yes. What's so beautiful about, and I tell you, when I start crying, it's like, it's so deep. Dang. When I got to see my 79-year-old dad, who almost died last year, for those who follow my study, y'all saw, y'all saw, y'all have seen the videos, the pictures that I put out there. And this man is playing his heart out at 79. When I thought that they took his voice away, he wasn't gonna be able to play anymore. And he's able to play today. From 1941, when he was born to now, he has seen so much. He's experienced so much. But the people before him, his family, his parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, they've done what they've done to get to where my dad is. My dad was able to reap the fruit of their labor by one major thing of many major things, but one point that I want to make to drive this home is that my dad and the older people had a chance to see a black president go into office when it was never thought of. And my and our our our, our come on, our grandparents, great grandparents, great great grandparents, great 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 grandparents' time. They hoped for that moment that maybe policies and rules will change. You know, that maybe one day there will be, um, you know, a change in the land. My dad sung this song today, there will be peace in the valley for me. Certain songs that this come up for him, because he flows in wisdom, he flows in prophetic, like he just flows, or at least in the wisdom part. And so everything was set up for today to help you to know that your labor is not in vain, that you're not dishonoring yourself, your parents, or your great-grandparents, or your ancestors, if you decide today that you just don't want to be traumatized mm -hmm. recognize that this is your moment for release this make the decision you can't go from being traumatized to not being traumatized if you didn't decide that you no longer want to be traumatized mm -hmm. and of course it takes us as therapists to help you along the way yeah. please do not do not mistake that in terms of oh it just sounds dr sam make it sound so easy all i gotta do is x y and z but it does start with you yeah. One thing we're not doing is carrying you in this thing. You're going to have to put the work in and put the effort in and make the decision to no longer be traumatized. Yeah. That's the first step. Decide. Mm -hmm. When you decide, the doors do open up. It does. It does open up for you. So make that decision that, you know what? You're not going to carry this anymore. That it's not, it's not an honor to really be traumatized. Because sometimes we just feel like, okay, well, we're, we're being strong and, and, you know, we're just representing and I'm not being weak. I want to be strong. Everything is in decency and in order because yeah. sometimes it can wear and tear on you. Stress is a deadly silent killer. Yes. You're stressed yes. out, maxed out, burnt out. Come on. what You're no good to no one trying to press your way through. You're maxed out, burnt out, stressed out, hoping and praying that it will, you know, go away. It won't go away until you decide to not let it be there anymore. And then you're going to be led to do the certain things that you need to do necessary to not be stressed out. That's how things work. It's just really common 
I was about to say common sense, but for the point, you don't have to be traumatized anymore. Mm. So take the precautions or the necessary things that we said for y'all to do, share it. If you don't want to share it on the forum, that's fine. Reach out to us. We're here for you. Or mm -hmm. you can do it in your own home. You can just take a book out, piece of paper, and start writing out your experience. And then, well, first of all, make the decision and then start writing, writing it out. My experience with racism was when, or whatever mm -hmm. issue of violation that you have experienced, whenever yeah. you were young. Because many of you felt like you could not say something, going back to racism, and I'll stop mm -hmm. for a second, was the fact that you felt that something was wrong. Many of you kept it to yourself because if y'all told your mom, I was like, did y'all tell your mom and dad? Y'all said no. <laughs> and possibly because you didn't want nothing to happen to your mom and dad. Right. That's the issue right there. That's the issue. That's what makes it different when it comes to racism. Mm -hmm. For us to say something and then something happens to all of us. Right. With somebody else talking about their experience. And right. okay, you move on. That's what I shared with Deb today. I said, you know, you can move on. If you decide, you know, your decision is, okay, oh, I didn't get the ring and I wasn't able to be with that black boy, my black boyfriend anymore. Or you, all that happens is, and not to dismiss or discredit, but it's like, okay, you can just not date black men. You know what I'm saying? Like you can decide to not date black men. Like, oh, well, you know, I tried, move on. But those boys, if they did decide to be with you, the concern that their parents had, which are valid because it can happen, of making that decision to be with them that it could have been and not saying that it was going to happen but we never know because the sad thing is that the possibility the possibility right something could have happened yeah. that's the difference so y'all can go ahead and jump in danny everybody hey chrissy hey chastity mm. hey everyone you go ahead y'all can talk back to me hey andrea that was a mic drop that was a that was a mic drop right there. And even what you were saying about, um, about, you know, that carrying that burden, you know, a lot of times I think we normalize that or we associate that with what we're supposed to do because we carry so much. Right. We carry so much day to day, the microaggressions, the things we experience, we're used to carrying on so much. The thought of releasing things makes us feel uncomfortable or right. makes us feel bad because we're supposed to carry this weight or we think we're supposed to carry this weight but that's that's not that's not true that's not valid we can't live in that space we we deal with hypertension we deal with high stress issue i mean just naturally we have to release to allow ourselves to move forward and like you're saying that our our ancestors didn't bear that burden just for us to shackle ourselves to it exactly they did not, they did not. That is not what they persevered for. They persevered and pushed through to allow us to push through. So no, we have to release that. And we can't normalize just having that large burden over us, that yoke and continuing to carry on and thinking that we're doing right by them or justifying that, you know, that's, that's what we should be doing for them. Mm -mm. We gotta release, we have to release. Okay, so we're gonna help y'all release it. So mm -hmm. Jacoby, since you've been our, our scribe for all this time, we want to ask you to list down what we're about to tell you so that now you're going to help us to help everybody else on what to do with the steps are. So Jacoby, thank you so much for your responses. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate yes. you for showing up because see, there'll be no show here if y'all weren't showing up, right? Well, not really. We'll, we will still be going on regardless because yep. there's always a replay. 
but we just thank you that you could have joined anywhere else you decided to join here so we're going to go ahead and lift out the stuff sandy's going to share what you just shared i'm going to share what i just shared and then we're going to give you a homework assignment and then we're going to call it a day so mm -hmm. jacoby if you're ready go ahead and start listening for us so danny you just explained the reason why we have been carrying it for so long so you can just kind of just say you know like bullet points and what what it was the things you just said but then say okay well this is what you do or this is what you don't do type thing kind of frame it that way right 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 so you know i think that you know identifying what i like to call it a yoke because you think about that i think about that big oxen yoke right they got yoke over your neck so i like to use that for a visual but think about those heavy things that are are burdensome to you think about those things that physically or can sometimes weigh you down I want you to think about it. I want you to close your eyes if you get a moment to visualize what is that that you feel that's weighing you down. And then I just want you to list it out. Take a piece of paper and just list out the, the most burdensome things that you feel. I want you to take those out and write those out. Whatever they are, whatever it feels like that's coming to you, that's flowing to you, write those things out. And then after you've written those things out, those most large and burdensome things, I want you to take some time and I want you to, to take a moment to take a few deep breaths. I want you to take a really big deep inhale. Usually do it like see if you can do it for a count of five, just really big deep inhale. And I like to at the end, take maybe another breath and hold it there. And then I just want you to take a really slow exhale and just exhale it all out. And I want you to do that a few times, just taking that really big deep inhale, inhale and do that really deep exhale. And I mean, after like, even sometimes just doing those really deep breaths helps you just to relax. I know once somebody said, um, it was a study done, if you are breathing more than 12 breaths per minute, you are hyperventilating. So it's it's definitely take a few, take it's that, that allows you kind of bring you to present, bring you to moment, but I want you to visualize yourself releasing those large and heavy burdens when you're doing it. So when you're inhaling, that's all that yoke, that's all that heaviness, hold it. And then I want you, as, you, as Dr. Langley said, I want you to take a minute and purpose re release it. And that's all I got for that one. All right, so thank you so much, Danny. So Jacoby, where you at, man? So visualize, <laughs> visualize the yoke, y'all. So to help start the, 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 the motion of being released from the trauma, visualize the yoke, yeah. that heavy burden that you've been carrying from the racism that you've experienced to the trauma that you've been experiencing from all the stuff that we have been witnessing and been involved in. You visualize and picture that yoke. Yeah. Then, Danny, you said write it out, right? Yeah, I want you to write it out. I want you to just visualize whatever you feel immediately comes to you. Write those things out, what you feel is like the biggest thing that's that's weighing you down, that's burdening you. I want you to write those things down. And then after you get those down, I want you to just do that deep breaths again, just that inhaling and then exhaling. Mm -hmm. You go deep breaths. Um, you take a deep breath in. Let's do it together real quick one more time so y'all can know how this goes. So yes. everybody put your hands down to the side. Set up straight. You want to take a deep breath in through your nose. So breathe in with us. Breathe in. And then hold. And exhale out through your mouth. 
then take another deep breath in through your nose. We'll breathe in as inhale in. And then hold. And exhale out through your mouth. And take one more deep breath in through your nose. We'll breathe in. And hold. And exhale out through your mouth. And then shake it out. Yes. Shake it out. Shake out your head, your arms, your hands. Shake it out. Because as human beings, we're the only ones that don't shake out trauma. Right. Animals yeah. do. Animals do. We don't. Nope. We just keep it on, keep it moving. Not anymore. Yeah. If you want something different, you have to do different to get different. So let's start doing differently to get different results. So mm -hmm. visualize the yoke, reassociate is what we call it too. You know, whatever comes to mind concerning your trauma, uh, the racism, whatever you experience, write them down. No holds barred. Don't question the thought. Just write them down because you're releasing it out of your body. Because if you don't, it shows up anyway in your actions, attitude, and behavior. If you still try to be, you know, gun ho about it, uh, cavalier about it, and you're still holding it in, then guess what? You're going to internalize it. And then that's where it's going to be like all these different issues that's showing up in your body and your space and your peripheral everywhere because of the fact that you keep trying to hold it in and now you internalize it. Let it go. That's part of the process as well. Again, we're just giving you some quick and dirty tips that you can help yourself out. It's going to require therapy. So y'all can come see me, drsarahrlangley.com. You can always reach out to me from there, from our website to check me out. Um, in the meantime, when you are visualizing the heavy burdens, the violations that you had in your life, and you write them down, no host bar, then um, you take your deep breaths, you take that all in, inhale, hold for three seconds, then release it out. And you're gonna feel a difference. You're gonna absolutely feel a difference because you made the decision to now lose yourself from the trauma. Mm -hmm. So the exercise that we wanna give you is, this is powerful. I want you to write about, uh, many of you who have experienced racism as a child or any violation or even the situation today or this whole week or past two weeks and beyond. Whatever age you, wherever age you are today, I want you to write to your younger self, the one who was violated, the one who experienced racism, didn't tell anybody, the one who had just gone through things and had life and society shape up and condition and program your mindset of what you see life is as today. I just want you to write to your younger self, all that you have learned thus far in this situation with the trauma, with the pandemic, with the racial tension, with the racism that's going on. Write to your younger self. What would you tell your nine-year-old, five-year-old, three-year-old, whatever age, your younger self, what you have learned and what you know now, what would you tell them? For some of you who for the first time was able to talk about the racial experience that you had, tell your younger self that it was not their fault. It wasn't your fault. You didn't deserve or done anything to be disrespected like that. It wasn't your fault 
for the fact that you kept it in and did not let anyone know. It wasn't your fault. You didn't know what to do. How could it have been expected for, for you to know what to do, what to do when you were young? You were trying to protect. And it's amazing. The way that we are, how we do anything is how we do everything. Yes. The way that we are now plays part with what we've learned, what we've experienced, what we have uh, what we had conceptualized, what we have conditioned ourselves in the process as well with the help of society to have us to now see the things that we see it as today, which mm -hmm. played part with us while we carry continually the trauma in our lives. Mm -hmm. It's time to let your younger self go. It's time to let your younger self be released for the trauma. And you'll find the difference that then if you give yourself permission to let your younger self let it go, then that's gonna absolutely catch up with you to be able to release it as well. Mm. So it wasn't your fault. Tell your younger self it wasn't their fault. You didn't know what you didn't know. What is it that you learned so far during this whole entire experience that we all have gone through? And what you're hopeful for, what you're grateful for. It's time for you to release yourself. And you can absolutely do it. We believe in you. We know you yes. can do it. And yes. we're here to help you. Definitely. So, any questions, comments? Here I go acting like I'm in counseling session. Danny, any thoughts? <laughs> Anybody? I mean, this, was, this was, like you said, this was a Freedom Friday. Yeah. Relax, relax and release. That was, that was a word. That was a word. That was, you was out here just dropping mics left on it. You was, you was in it. But I mean, I think we, we all needed to hear that just to remind ourselves exactly that beautiful executed point in that, you know, it wasn't your fault. Sometimes we do internalize it, especially at those young ages, being so vulnerable. We, we internalize it, that it's our fault. And then how then remaining at that age and not really moving past that. So I think that's, um, that's a great exercise for, for everyone really to, to put into place, to allow themselves to release, to, to proceed and start moving past that trauma, start moving through that trauma and allowing that release so that you can move forward. Because if not, it's gonna keep on coming up. Yep. And now Definitely. because you know, we're letting it go, so now we won't even have it to be a thing for us to continue with it. Because see, if it stays with us, then we keep continue, it continues on. But if yeah. it's not there, then it's nothing for us to continue with. It gives mm -hmm. us that release to now live a different life or to live it better than ever before. Because especially with what you said, Danny, in regards to, um, because we've been conditioned to think that this is how life is. We normalized it, it became part of us. And it can be scary to let it go because we're thinking that we're letting ourselves go. Like we won't yeah. know who we are if we yeah. don't let go of what is really the trauma. Mm -hmm. um, but that part of us where we're like, okay, well, this is what made us you know, strong okay. and stuff like that. But no, we just told you that, no, that's not the case. It's time to yeah. let it go. It's mm -hmm. time to be happy. It's yeah. time to be free. It's time yeah. to be complete. It's just time yeah. to just be. Period. There you go. There you so, go. That's all I got because I can drop. I, I feel released already. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Charles. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that this was helpful for you. And yeah. look, we'll be here again. If y'all mm -hmm. have any questions or comments, you found value, please share this. And yes. if you find any value, please share this. Because sharing is sharing, okay? You may mm -hmm. just save a life in the process. But y'all mm -hmm. make sure that y'all continue to tune in. Let make y'all do your homework assignment. I'm gonna check y'all by a week. Y'all got a week. 
gonna check in. We gonna check in. <laughs> y'all got a week to do that assignment. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, set up a post for y'all to now do your thread and let us know how's it going so that we right. have the best support and serve you. Definitely. So, everybody, thank you for your time. We hope this was, was helpful for you today. Danny, thank you so much for just partnering with me on this courageous fight, you know, for for healing. For yes. Thank you so much for your presence, your, your knowledge, and, and just being a part of this. So really appreciate you. More than a pleasure. More than a pleasure. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your time. And we look forward to being there with you again soon. If y'all have any questions or comments, but not just that, topics that you want us to talk about, yes. please put in the comment section so that we can set everything up accordingly so we can address whatever concerns that you have. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Lead Limitlessly podcast with Dr. Sarah Langley. Tune in next week as we continue to deliver our best engaging content on the secrets to living, loving, and leading a successful and happy life full of purpose, power, and profits. Make sure to visit us on our website, drsarahrenelangley.com where you can subscribe to the show and listen when available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or via RSS feed, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we appreciate a rating on these podcast platforms, or if you simply tell a friend, that would be awesome as well. Please, if you do like the show, you might want to check out our latest ebook, Lead Limitlessly, How to Lead Successful and Happy Lives which are interviews of 12 limitless leaders who share the secrets of living, loving, and leading happy, successful lives. <laughs> and check us out. Also on the website, another ebook of ours, The Limitless Leading Effect, How to Lead Without Setbacks. So feel free to go to our website, drsarahrenelangley.com to learn more. Dr. Langley is also available for one-on-one -on -one VIP exclusive services and keynoting engagement. So please make sure you check her out at drsarahrenelangley.com or email us at caresupport at drsarahrenelangley.com for more information. Thank you.